superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, yeah. this is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives, too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Welcome to the program. Great to be sitting in for Rich, fired up and feeling good on this Wednesday. But it's a holiday week, so I can't blame you if you're a bit askew on a big word Wednesday. What day is it? Where am I? I hope you have Monday off. Everybody should have had Monday off, and I hope you could extend it the additional day yesterday. But it's one of these weird zombie weeks where people are drifting around trying to get their bearings. The good news is I'm with you for the next three hours to make sure... We cover everything going on across the world of sports. And as a veteran of working holidays, especially this week, I can tell you, we have a lot more content to get to than normally because I could have gone back deep, deep, deep in my archives and dusted off the classic topics that especially a fill-in hack like myself would have to utilize when we reach the dead zone of July. Not the case. So... We're going to hit the NBA hard. The latest on Kevin Durant. Now the perception is shifting. What if this is all a bluff by Durant? What if he's playing 12-dimensional chess to try to motivate Kyrie Irving to act like a rational human being? And that's a large what if on a variety of levels. We'll get there. Looks like James Harden is closer to signing a deal that's leaving money on the table. And I'll tell you why my view of Harden specifically, since he came over to Philadelphia and read the room well in Brooklyn, however you size up Harden, and he does have prodigious size to measure. You got to give him credit for having a business acumen and just a good sense of a BS detector. He figured out that Brooklyn was not going to work. So we'll talk about Harden, the Sixers, the balance of power in the East. We remain on Kyrie Irving. Watch, 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 watch. I come to you from our Regal Studios in Southern California. We'll connect the dots as to the likelihood that Kyrie can get to his preferred destination of playing on the Lakers and teaming up with LeBron once more. But... Hopefully you were with me on July 4th. If you weren't, you're going to have to make some better decisions in your life. I'm not asking for much, but as the fill-in host, and you're probably wondering, who is this guy now 
making demands of me during a holiday week. I just need three hours whenever I'm on the air. But if you missed the show on July 4th, I did my best to avoid three hours of repetition. Okay, Durant goes to Toronto. Somehow Donovan Mitchell winds up in Brooklyn, part of a five-way deal with 19. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing Brian Windhorst, especially because we don't have the simulcast today. So it will not be all NBA all the time. But I do have the mindset of being interactive because we designed the program to give you maximum opportunities to chime in. You know the phone number, one 204 rich one 204 7424 I take phone calls selectively. So in all candor, your best bet whenever I'm in the chair is Twitter. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. But to reinforce the notion that I do want to have a conversation with you, however we achieve that goal, we only have two guests joining me over the course of our three hours together. Coming up in 40 minutes, the latest on college football consolidation. Don't call it realignment. This is a power grab motivated solely by greed. And if you follow me on Twitter, you can see a variety of Pac-12 mentions. I'm a proud alumnus of two Pac-12 schools. One is going to the Big Ten. I'll give you my thoughts on USC later in the program. But we're going to bring in Pete Futak, who has covered college football for decades. He is the publisher of collegefootballnews.com. Pete is entrenched in Big Ten country. He's got excellent sources. So we'll talk about the future of Notre Dame and the report yesterday from Dennis Dodd, who I've chatted with on the radio for a long time, highly respected college football writer for CBSSports.com, that the Big 12 left for dead, we thought, when Texas and Oklahoma bolted for all of the SEC cash. Now, here comes, like a zombie, the Big 12 reportedly trying to poach up to six Pac-12 schools, including Oregon and Washington. I think that's a reach, but we'll talk about the possibility of the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah being in play. In 20 minutes, just a little bit of golf, because Tiger Woods played yesterday. And anytime Tiger's on a course in a competitive setting, it is worthy of conversation. He wrapped up a pro-am in Ireland. That's not important, but he's getting ready for the Open Championship next week, and we'll connect Tiger to... The folks, speaking of greed and just picking up every dollar you can, the folks who defected from the PGA Tour to join Live Golf. So that is the overview. I am always multitasking, scanning the Twitter machine, BW Weber, Weber 2 Bs. It's a shame we're not on Peacock because the simulcast with the outstanding production values would have a camera Finding their way behind the desk because I'm on not only Kyrie Irving, watch, 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 sciatica, watch, 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 watch. So I'm in the studio where I used to host my very own show, one of several versions of the Brian Weber show that I drove underground. And it's a wonderfully classic, that's a good way of saying it, a traditional setup. But because I'm still dealing with this throbbing leg issue that kicked in, When I was in for Ridge on Memorial Day because I was a fool and so energized, I stood for three hours and in the process destroyed my back. I now have a garbage can underneath one leg, (laughs) a flexible plastic setup to give me just enough resistance. So forgive me if you hear me knock into said garbage can or I'm doing a yoga pose 
No Deshaun Watson references. We're in a good mood on a holiday week. Here's the latest on Durant. And I watch all of the lousy talking head shows so you don't have to. My goodness, though. Can you imagine being a producer saying, all right, well, what happened last week? Can we milk any more? Jalen Brunson's going to be the latest savior of the Knicks topics and start building those graphics. Katie and Kyrie have handed all of these shows a runway for the foreseeable future. And if you're tired of this topic, I don't blame you. That's why I'm talking Tiger Woods in 15 minutes. That's why I'm talking college consolidation in 25 minutes, 30 minutes. I can't do three hours of NBA speculation and feel good about giving you a quality program. At the same time, I can't ignore what is the biggest subject out there. But if you're already full, to use the Joey Chestnut metaphor, I got bad news. We're not going to get clarity on Kevin Durant nor Kyrie Irving for a long time. Especially, let's start with Durant, due to the complexity of any deal that would liberate free KD from Brooklyn. And this is all contingent now, not only on his status as a superstar, one of the five best players in the league. I don't think that's debatable. This is the fallout from the Rudy Gobert trade. And I mentioned Brian Windhorst. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this is when we should be on TV. Or Rich will do it when he comes back because he's got all the talent around him, like my guy Del Tufo and Brockman and TJ Jefferson. You need an ensemble to recreate the greatest moment of performance art that Windhorst had last week on ESPN as he was in real time telling you what Danny Ainge was putting together as the Kaiser Soze, the master of deceit across the NBA. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, forget about the histrionics of Wintours. Utah got a haul for Rudy freaking Gobert. Two parts there. Danny Ainge is a shrewd negotiator who loves to tackle a rebuild, as we saw in Boston when he jettisoned the remnants of that championship team, the Doc Rivers is always going to mention whatever we bring up in the media. Hey, Doc, how about squandering another 2-0 series lead? Hey, I won the championship. We got KD, Paul Pierce. That's the worst <laughs> Doc impersonation of all time. But remember, Ainge sent, and what do you know, to Brooklyn, Hall of Fame talent like Garnett and Paul Pierce, and you know the rest of the story. So Utah is blowing things up to rebuild. They're going to trust the process. In the process, they got a boatload in return for Rudy Gobert because I don't think Minnesota knows what they're doing. You can justify the trade if you want to and say that there's a master plan here and this is all supporting Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I don't see it. Rudy Gobert is a very nice player. We know about his defensive prowess. You can't make a Herschel Walker type trade to mix sports for Rudy Gobert. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. 1-844-204-RICH, the number to call, 1-844-204-7424. Coming up in roughly a half hour, the latest on college football consolidation with my pal, P. Futak from collegefootballnews.com. So, with the precedent of Gobert getting all of those picks and players in return, what would be a realistic expectation for Brooklyn to trade Kevin Durant? Don't you have to start with the Gobert details as the baseline? And to achieve that goal and to accomplish that aim, if they want to, 
Another reason why this could take much longer than a lot of pundits are throwing out there because they want to talk about this every day and are taking a step back to be more logical with the analysis, there are going to be multiple teams involved. And I love NBA Twitter, and I'm in my early 50s, but I'm trying desperately to stay relevant. Nothing better than pouring a cold one, logging on to the old Twitter machine, and going through all these wild scenarios. Four and five team deals. And I mentioned, somehow, every trade I've seen has one end game. Whatever the other trading partners might be, Donovan Mitchell, I don't know him well enough to call him Spider. Get your shine box out, Spider. Donovan Mitchell winds up on the Nets. Everything else you can just find fill-in-the-blank talent just as a placeholder. But that's a serious concern for Brooklyn. They have to, at this point, save some face and have a shred of dignity after their owner, Joe Sy. And to a lesser extent, their GM, Sean Marks, who I covered when he played for the University of California at Berkeley. I think they're still in the pack, whatever. And candidly, where's Cal going, I say, as a Stanford grad? Early cheap shot on a Wednesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Joe Sy believed in Kevin Durant, and he believed in Kyrie Irving. And what did he get? Right now, his franchise is dealing with massive ambiguity. They're the best team that never was. And he allowed, and I really think if we're going to play the whodunit game here, this is more Kyrie-driven than Durant. And there's a theory out there that Kyrie is the reason this whole thing fell apart. Not just Durant somehow either getting disenchanted with Brooklyn's management for letting Harden go or picking up Ben Simmons. This really is all Kyrie-driven, that Durant had the moment of clarity and said, what am I doing? I'm wasting prime years on a guy who has not been available for a myriad of reasons. Among them, he wouldn't get vaccinated. Do I really want to place a bet on my future that is contingent on Kyrie Irving acting like a rational individual? You are what you consistently do, and Kyrie has been a different cat. I'll be kind. It's a holiday week ever since he really burst upon the scene coming out of Duke. But if you're Brooklyn, and we all have human emotions, and even the owner, Joe Sime, what a great name to sum up the unmitigated disaster the Nets have become. Joe Sai had a cryptic tweet the other day about team before individuals. What's he saying? I want my franchise back. Give me back my team. So, in the process, maybe he wants to stick it to Durant and make him sweat it out a little bit. There's no reason to get this done now, especially given all the complexity and the different teams that might have to get involved. And then secondly, maybe Cy is a deeper thinker or Sean Marks is involved too. We don't know how hands-on the owner is, but it's his money after all. Now, no need for a bake sale, and a franchise in New York City, with or without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, is still going to have a multi-billion dollar valuation. But maybe they think Durant is either venting because Kevin, by his own admission and his own behavior, he's probably tweeting at me right now through a burner phone, is sensitive. He allows the noise occasionally to get to him. So maybe this will pass. Maybe Durant was just reacting emotionally. Take a timeout and let's talk in a week. 
Or maybe Durant has taken things intellectually to the next level. And maybe this is all a grand game of poker, but it's not the dogs playing poker. That lovely portrait hanging on the wall of my luxurious one-bedroom apartment here in Southern California. It's really a game of one-on-one. Kyrie and Durant. Maybe Durant reacted the way he did after Kyrie opted in, knowing that Kyrie is now on a one-year deal to get a few things done. Maybe he's signaling to Kyrie. Now, I don't know why he wouldn't just pick up the phone. These guys talk on podcasts, but again, I'm old. I can't relate to the young people like I used to. Maybe, though, beyond even words, you have to do something dramatic. You have to signal in a profound way. This is Durant saying to Kyrie, hey, listen, clean it up a bit. You can be an iconoclast. We know Kyrie, as he tweeted out, is not ordinary like me and you. That's why he's able to achieve these mystical things. But maybe he's saying, hey, if you just cut down on the knucklehead factor and we actually play together for a season and maybe get something out of Ben Simmons, and that's a huge maybe, we can still be a factor in the East. Let's see how it works on the court. And in the process, I'll get you paid. Because don't move past the details of the contracts. I know it's boring. I'm not going to read you the actuarial tables. That's deadly sports talk radio. But the overall element you should be aware of, Durant just started a four-year contract. So he's locked in. Kyrie is in the final year of his deal. He has the ultimate motivation to try to change the perception of him that, yeah, maybe he's a flake, but at least he's going to show up for more than 30 games a year. Whatever the reason that has prevented him from being on the floor. So... And I, and I love your observations on Twitter. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Do you buy this new narrative? Don't love the word, but it's a way of summing up. A new way of viewing the never-ending soap opera in Brooklyn that this is all Durant trying to get Kyrie Irving's attention. Durant has no intention of leaving Brooklyn. Would love him to stick around because for all the reasons I just laid out, Pulling off a fair trade in their mind, getting multiple first-round picks, an established all-star, and a rising young player is going to be just too challenging to make sure that everyone's satisfied. And finally, and we'll get back to this coming up to tip-off hour number two, spare me the Kevin Durant has a contract and the Nets should enforce it. I understand what you're saying. You and I have to play by the rules because we're not one of the five best players in all of basketball. And we're not talking about the NFL, where Debo Samuel can be upset, or Aaron Rodgers. We spent the entire summer last year talking about the future of Rodgers. What happened? Nothing. He got paid. And in retrospect, that was all just a cash grab by Rodgers. In the NBA, going back for decades, Kareem wanted out of Milwaukee. He got it done. The NBA is run by its superstars, and if Kevin Durant really doesn't want to be there, he will get out at some point. 
I'm Brian Weber in for Rich. You can give me a call, 1-844-204-RICH. Twitter machine heating up, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Coming up, we'll talk just a little bit of golf, and then in 20 minutes, we will dig into all of the details, and we'll focus on mighty Notre Dame as the dominoes keep falling in the realm of college football consolidation. Looking forward to chatting with my friend Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. But straight ahead, as mentioned, Tiger Woods back on the course yesterday. First competitive round since he unfortunately had to tap out of the PGA Championship when he was limping around in Tulsa. We'll talk Tiger, and we'll expand the focus. Could his image rehab be a blueprint for the Live Tour defectors who walked away from the PGA Tour? And since we're talking golf, a reminder from our friends at Callaway. When Callaway engineered Chrome Soft to be the best tour ball, it didn't just make the best players better. It made everyone better. Men, women, first-time major winners, repeat major winners, club champions, business golfers, the Chrome Soft family has the best tour performance for every type of performance, starting with the regular Chrome Soft, which is designed for the widest range of golfers who want better feel, more distance, and incredible forgiveness. But for better players looking for more workability, Chrome Soft X provides excellent spin consistency and tour-level short game control. Finally, ChromeSoft XLS gives you a lower-spin golf ball on longer shots, firmer feel, but still with high spin around the greens that you need. And now, every ChromeSoft is enhanced with precision technology, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one-thousandth of an inch. This ensures... They're the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich. It's a Wednesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brian Weber back with you. Always a pleasure to be in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show. Hop aboard. 1-844-204-RICH. That's 1-844-7424. Conversation never stops on Twitter. My handle is Weber. Weber with two Bs. A reminder, you can take us wherever you go and catch the show wherever you might be, especially during the holiday week. Hope you have plans to get out the house. Get out the house. Get out the way. Show always available wherever you might wind up through the Odyssey app. In 15 minutes, we talk college football. 
And normally, I would start talking college football during the first week of July because we're just a couple weeks away from SEC media days. I used to mock that notion. Now everybody that has any substance as a conference has multiple media days. And when the SEC goes to, what, 20 teams, 22 teams, they're going to have an SEC media week. But normally, I'd be looking ahead to how is the Final Four going to come together? Coaches that could be facing some urgency. We love hot seats conversation at Sports Talk Radio. Instead, this year, it's all about who's going where. How is the power structure going to continue to be defined? Effectively, we've moved, speaking the word power, from the Power Five to the Big Two. SEC, Big Ten, everybody else now trying to find a path forward. And Notre Dame is... The White Whale for everybody. We've got the latest coming up in 15 minutes with one of the best in the business, an old friend of mine, P. Futak from collegefootballnews.com. We'll get back to the NBA coming up, start of hour number two, and just one more guest after Pete in the final segment of the upcoming hour, 140 Eastern time. More NBA analysis from Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. And when we get to the NBA part deux, I will examine the notion that the Nets might be testing Kevin Durant because they know how important basketball is to him. That may seem counterintuitive, right? These guys do it professionally. I've been around enough athletes across many sports who don't love to play anymore. It's become a job, but it's the check that matters. Durant is the type of guy who plays pickup on his day off. I don't know that he would, for example, emulate what Ben Simmons did and just sit out a year We'll get back to that coming up in the second hour. Wanted to spend a little bit of time, not too much, because I know golf is not a sport that moves the needle. Unless I'm talking about Tiger Woods, and you can argue with a high degree of rationality, more people listening right now are fans and supporters of Tiger Woods than Carol at care at all about golf. It's just what he does. They believe in Tiger so much because of Everything that's made him so unique, all of the championships. I think when he got to major number 15, dealing with the latest round of adversity, it made him even more appealing because he was human, because he was fragile, and because we love a comeback. And I have to be upfront with you. I've mentioned Stanford. I'm very proud that I've squandered a prestigious education we got to figure out what we're going to call our conference. The Conference of Champions in the future as well. We're going to lose a few championships, a lot of championships when UCLA leaves. I'll remind you, Stanford has more national championships than anybody. But when I was fortunate to be a young broadcaster in the San Francisco Bay Area, somebody put me on TV when I was 21. I sounded 13. I looked like I was 9. I got a quote-unquote exclusive with Tiger Woods when he arrived on campus at Stanford because I was the host of the Stanford Sports Magazine, the Emmy Award-winning Stanford Sports Magazine. You know how much mileage I've got now, that cheap award? I think I had to pay 70 bucks for in 1998. Right there on my Twitter account. I have no shame whatsoever. But Tiger, when I met him, was very guarded. And I felt like I was talking to a robot. And it could not have been a friendlier interview setting. We're talking on campus at Stanford. I'm introduced to him by the athletic director as an alumnus. I'm not doing Mike Wallace. This is not Jim Gray trying to 
be a prosecutor to Pete Rose at the World Series. Plus, he's Tiger Woods and he's 18 years old. What dirt would I be looking for? I didn't know how his life would progress. I'm asking easy, friendly softball questions, and he's giving me eight-word answers. So, we're not live. We didn't do it live then. I knew I could cobble everything together on tape. We wrap it up, and once the microphone came off and the camera turned off, he was engaging, he was funny, and he's bright. So I've had a difficult time putting that out of my memory because I saw the shift as I try to snap my fingers poorly. Good thing I'm not on West Side Story. When you're a jet, you're a jet for life. I saw that radical transformation within the span of 30 seconds. So I was always suspicious of the tiger who was so guarded, who was so on script, and I'm not in any way saying, oh, I knew there was a double life, but when all of the salacious details came out, and remember, that was Thanksgiving weekend 2009. I'll never forget, I was on the radio. And you see... The breaking news on CNN, Tiger Woods in a one-car accident. One-car accidents, my friends, I hope you avoid them. They typically don't have a good backstory. And you know all of the events that happened after that. But here's what occurs to me, and we'll link it to what's going on in golf right now. Tiger Woods has become more popular, more appreciated, more beloved because of his humanity. And his fragility. He's a divorced dad. How many divorced moms or dads do you know? Well, last time I checked, the reason why I'm single, I'm married to being a fill-in host, especially during a holiday week. 50% of marriages end in a divorce. He's now middle-aged with severe back and knee issues. I've already mentioned my sciatica. That's all we have in common. Although I actually graduated from Palo Alto. He didn't need to stick around for the degree. Get the point I'm making here? Tiger, for all of his transcendent ability and remarkable accomplishments, has become, for lack of a better term, more like us. And he's let us in. Yesterday, I'm watching on Golf Channel this meaningless program in Ireland. Oh, good field, though. Must have been a hefty appearance fee. Although hefty didn't show up. He's too busy spending the Saudi money. Afterwards, and Tiger wasn't good. He had rust, and at this point, we don't know what Tiger is going to achieve anytime he is able to get on a course, but he seemed much more grounded. He talked about having a sense of gratitude. Tiger Woods would never have uttered those words 10 years ago. And clearly, the latest chapter, when he winds up at the bottom of Ravine in Southern California, that could have been a lot worse. And just as an aside, if you and I are in a car and we drive down a hill and the police show up, they probably take my blood if I'm behind the wheel. They didn't do that to Tiger. Just saying that being a celebrity has its privileges, especially since we know his legal history. But that's more of a footnote. Tiger Woods has managed to appeal to so many fans who don't care about golf because he finally let us in. Because he probably realizes that 15th major at Augusta and all that came with it was the peak, the apex, especially now after the car accident. But he's going to be out there and he's going to try 
and he's going to grind, just like me and you. He's going to go to work when he can. So, to sum it all up, if Tiger Woods could have that kind of transformation, going through trauma, but whatever the motivation is, people can change. And I've been extraordinarily critical of the Live Tour guys because I think they're motivated solely by greed. You can say, hey, fill in hack, whoever you are. If the Saudis started a radio network and offered you $100 million, would you take it? The answer is probably yes. But here's the difference. Dustin Johnson doesn't need the money. Brooks Kepka doesn't need the money. Bryson DeChambeau doesn't need the money. Mickelson probably does. If you believe all of the details, and I can't recommend enough Alan Shupnuk's terrific book on Mickelson, Phil might need the cash because not only is he a consistent gambler by his own admission, he's a terrible gambler. But you don't have to take every dollar in the process, destroy your tour, and change what you're fundamentally doing. The live tour is not competitive golf because there's no cut, and they're all getting guaranteed money. Where's the motivation? It is no different than the silly made-for-TV events, the Skins game, years ago on Thanksgiving weekend. So if Tiger Woods can change how many of us perceived him, I do think there is a possibility for these guys, and here's where they're going to have the best of both worlds. They've gotten this money. Presumably, a lot of it's guaranteed. At some point, the Saudis are going to realize They're throwing money away because nothing's going to change about the perception of an authoritarian regime with some brutal human rights abuses. But they're trying to sports wash. They're trying to throw money at the English Premier League and now golf to say, we're a different modern society. Don't worry about the beheadings or women don't have equal rights like the rest of us us do around the civilized quote-unquote world. At some point, that's going to end. And you have this suspension on tour, it'll be lifted because the PGA desperately needs guys like Dustin Johnson, Kepka, DeChambeau back. And if they do something akin to Tiger Woods, if they admit they made a mistake, if they have the moment of clarity, you want to bet that suspension was not ever a lifetime suspension. It was a temporary ban and they'll be welcomed back back because It is mutually beneficial. They need a place to play, and the tour needs them. So maybe I'm reaching, but as I watched Tiger at the podium yesterday on Golf Channel, it occurred to me that there is a path moving forward for the live guys. But like Tiger, they're going to have to show some humility and actual contrition. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. You can be a part of the program, 1-844-204-RICH, 1-844-204-7424. More NBA coming up to tip off hour number two straight ahead. We talk college football consolidation. What do we make of the report that the Big 12 of all conferences now is trying to poach up to six teams from my beloved Pac-12 and what's next for Notre Dame. We'll cover it all when we say hello to P. Futek from collegefootballnews.com. I'm Brian Weber, always having a good time with you. In for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. 
Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. Wednesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show, 1-844-204-RICH, 1-844-204-7424, the number to call. You can hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs in just over 15 minutes as we push across the top of the hour. We will tip off our number two, getting back to the NBA conversation, talking Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because... I think we're going to be talking about them for a long time with no clarity in sight. Now, let's say hello to an old friend with a lot to discuss across college football. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, how are you today? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Want to talk about my Pac-12 conference? I was looking for a little sympathy there, pal. I can try. Wait, like, Look, it's... It, I'm not one of these doomsayers when it comes to the Pac-12. Like, last year, remember, during the summer, it was the end of the Big 12. And, you know, whenever these things happen, it's like, oh, my gosh, well, that's it. How's the Pac-12 going to figure this out? These are big conferences, multi-billion-dollar businesses that sort of figure it out. So, yes, losing USC and UCLA, you take away those two from the LA market, that obviously stings uh, competitively, at least in football, remember, that between the two of them, they've won a combined one Pac-12 conference championship in the last 13 years. But if the Big Ten, I should say, when the Big Ten takes Oregon and Washington. Oh, well, when? Okay, I'm active listening. Hang on, let me jump in because you had me feeling better for a moment. Well, let's just hit pause right there. What do you make of Dennis Dodd's report from CBSSports.com yesterday and others have confirmed that now suddenly the rejuvenated Big 12, as you mentioned, left for dead when Texas and Oklahoma took the cash to make their intentions clear to go in the SEC. Here comes the Big 12 going after Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. That makes sense to me. But how in the world could they land Oregon and Washington? In my view, just as... An informed observer. I'm not talking to anybody at the conference office, even though I work for Pac-12 Network. If Oregon and Washington are going anywhere, it's the Big Ten, and I think they're more likely to stay on the West Coast and have an affiliation with the re- remaining teams, whatever we're going to call it, the Pac-8, the Pac-10. You, you can jump well, in. Let, let me put it this way. I, I don't think the Big Ten would just get UCLA and UCLA without having a plan to get at least two other schools that are relatively close by. I don't get into the whole, oh, my God, the plane travel and stuff. I mean, whatever. You get on your chartered plane, you put on your headphones, you take a nap, you have some pretzels, and then all of a sudden you're there. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of USC versus Rutgers games going <laughs> forward. Uh, but, look, it's, you know, I'm going to have to do this trip for two days. It's like, you know, it's four hours from Chicago. It's just not that bad. Uh, but with that said, there are other sports to be considered, and there are other markets to be considered. So Oregon and Washington makes sense, but you're right. Like if I, if you're the Pac-12, so let's like go back. Let's go back to the original concept here. How do we make Brian Weber with two Bs feel better? Thank you. Let's say if if you are George Klebikov, 
you are saying, all right, we lost these, we lost these to LA. How do we fix this? Well, what's the Big Ten doing? It is increasing its footprint, and it doesn't matter where it comes from. You first, you've got to find uh, schools in the time zones where people are awake on Saturday nights. That would be a plus. You need markets. Uh, so you can just expand your brand a little bit. And you just need more. It's like Monopoly almost. You need more property. I would think San Diego State, even though they're not a Tier 1 research school, would be a no-brainer. I would think UNLV would mm-hmm. be a no-brainer because it, he has wanted to forget the fact that their football team has been awful. They want that hub. Uh, well, so the like Pac-12, as you know, already has the basketball tournament in Vegas. And, and George, our commissioner, has deep ties there because he's been in the casino business. And speaking of basketball, like basketball doesn't move the needle here. It's all football. However, I am shocked. I, I will still push this idea that Kansas is one of the most attractive uh, schools out there. It is kind of a, on its own. It, you still get the Kansas City and uh, St. Louis markets. Football being bad is not necessarily an awful thing because, you know, some of these schools aren't going to want to bring aboard the, the killers that absolutely crush them. And, of course, basketball is a national brand and legendary. And for the Pac-12, that makes a, big, uh, a whole lot of sense. And it moves your product over a little more. So I would think you know, there are ways to do this, but there just aren't a lot of options unless they can figure out a way to keep Oregon and Washington and figure out how to get Notre Dame to like them more. Talking college football consolidation with one of the best in the business, my pal Pete Futak. Check out his great work, collegefootballnews.com. And to reinforce your point, Pete, you saw yesterday the Pac-12 effectively with an emergency announcement, even though the media rights aren't up till 2024, they've already started the negotiations with ESPN and Fox, just trying, I think, to signal primarily to Oregon and Washington, there's no need to look around. We're all going to get paid. Yeah, we lost the L.A. schools, but to your point, we could pick up Vegas, we could pick up San Diego, everything's going to be just fine. Now, Notre Dame, you and I could do an hour on it. Let's just start with what we know about the particulars of their tie-in to the ACC understanding all of these contracts seemingly can be broken. Yeah, the problem is that Notre Dame at this point, if you're the Big Ten, you're not going to give them any, you know, you're not giving them a cookie for this because if you're, not, if you're saying, hey, if Notre Dame's saying, hey, we want this, 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 and this, Big Ten's going to be like, all right, no, because Ohio State's going to want anything Notre Dame would get. And Notre Dame doesn't want, I'm not, you know, school shaming here or anything like this, but look, let's be honest, Penn State and Nebraska are now just, you know, teams. They're just schools in this conference. I mean, obviously the Big Ten's the biggest brand going business-wise, uh, but Notre Dame doesn't want to be kind of lost among the Ohio States and Michigans and Wisconsin's and Penn States of the world. They like being who they are. So I just don't see the egos all quite coming together to make this work. Now, if you're the ACC Look, your friends with benefits thing has been nice, but put a ring on it. You know, figure it out. Figure out how to get that. I mean, look, 2020 was fun. We had a fun ACC season in that awful year overall where you know, Notre Dame got to go to the ACC championship. It got to go to the college football playoff. And I think that would be the move that the ACC, once some lawyer, crafty lawyer figures out how to get those schools out of their grant of rights deal, the actual bigger white whale overall here is North Carolina that everybody wants. Uh, you got to do something if you get the ACC to keep everyone happy. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich. Rich Eisen show, Wednesday edition, talking college sports with P. Futek, collegefootballnews.com. So, Pete, if I heard you correctly, you're not fully buying the conventional wisdom that it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten running the sport. You think the ACC might be viable and could survive? 
Let's put it this way. What do you think it is now? And everyone Yeah, you're right, saying, de facto. Oh you're God, right. The, oh, my God, the super conference. Is like, again, right now, <laughs> as we're talking about, what is it, July 5th or 6th? I mean, basically, if you're telling me you're going to give me, let's say, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and let's just throw in and random SEC number two, and you'll take the field or I'll take the field, however you want to do this. Those four other teams, that's it. You know, I mean, that's it, it stinks. It's boring. We already have the super conferences, as is. I think it's something crazy, like the last 12 years, 40 to 45-ish percent of the NFL draft is SEC Big Ten. So that's what it is. However, the ACC can be more than just viable. They can stay together. And the other thing to remember in all this, too, is it's a biz- not, it's business, not college, where everyone thinks, oh, well, let's see, if the SEC, you just take Clemson and Miami and Florida State. It doesn't make any sense. From a, from a business perspective, you already have those markets. Miami's not a big school. Florida State, you already got Florida. You already have the University of South Carolina. It, that's not, look what the Big Ten's doing. Again, it's expanding its footprint coast to coast. If you're just keeping this a regional thing, it doesn't work for the SEC just to get them. Now, North Carolina, that's the one, because now you've got an entirely new market that's kind of untapped by the bigger conferences. And North Carolina, school-wise, again, we haven't gotten into the academic side of this, completely fits everything the Big Ten is. That's the one everyone wants. Pete, great information as always. Thank you for offering clarity. I feel better about myself. I got caught in like a stuttering rage there. I'm so emotional. Finally, as you know, because you follow me on Twitter, I'm not just a radio guy. I love calling college soccer volleyball. Yeah, you're, you're Mr. Olympics. We okay. We talked about this before. Do you know anybody at the Big Ten Network? Because they're going to need an L.A. person in two years. Can you help me out? They are. Actually, the funny part you say about that is like, you know, what is every, everybody who's ever covered Big Ten football saying ever? Oh, you want me to make that trip to They're LA not spending the dough. I know they're printing money. They're not sending anyone on a plane for USC volleyball, pal. That's how I make a living. Uh, I'll, I'll take that deal. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's something out there. I'm sure they will, they will figure out a, a way to make sure that, you know, whatever non-revenue sport that no, you know. I'm a, Don't say not, nobody cares. I care. Sport. I care. Pays I, the bills, I, all right? This isn't high school. You don't need those sports. Title IX matters, and Brian Weber has to pay the rent. Pete, always appreciate your insights, and I'll (laughs) chat with you soon. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com, taking shots at my livelihood. I'm not going to read you my resume, but if you follow me on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, when I'm not here, I have an eclectic broadcast portfolio. I'm big in the tennis world. I'm not talking about Rafael Nadal and Taylor Fritz. What a riveting match they're playing right now at Wimbledon. I'm not going to give you the score because I don't want you to flip away. But you can't just yada, yada, yada through the Olympic sports. Football pays the bills for everyone. But Title IX is real, as it should be. Equity is important. Hundreds of student-athletes across campuses, school by school, have a terrific experience because they can play at a high level, and that matters. And I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna, but my goodness, when I woke up and heard USC was leaving, and UCLA's going because they need the money, it really was a betrayal because this conference has had a few key elements for over a century. And I know you just follow the money, but USC doesn't need the loot. Still, these are the times in which we live. As we get deep especially for a fill-in host. One hour down, hour number two on the way. It's going to be primarily NBA, and we'll bring in our second and final guest, taking you across the association with 
Eric Pincus from Bleach Report. If you want to chime in, about to check my Twitter feed. Let me know how much you enjoy me screaming over a women's soccer match. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm Brian Weber. Always a pleasure to be with you and for Rich Eisen as we roll on. Busy edition of The Rich Eisen Show.